Every one of the women who I have had the pleasure to speak with is relevant, especially in today's current atmosphere. I've been repeatedly asked by so many of you to re-air episodes, so while on hiatus, I am doing just that, re-airing some of the inspiring, extraordinary women. Maybe you missed this episode, or maybe you just want to listen once more. Please enjoy. Sylvia and me. Sylvia and Sylvia and me. Sylvia and Sylvia and me. Sylvia and me. Hi. I'm Sylvia Beckerman. Join me today as I talk to an extraordinary woman who is changing the world by making a difference in her life and the lives of those around her. Hi, everyone. My name is Harriet Sugarman. Welcome to Sylvia and me. Harriet, thank you so much for being here today. And we're going to talk all things climate change and children. You are the author of how to talk to your kids about climate change, which, uh, you know, my kids are older, but I, I had never really thought about that in, in, in talking to them about it, not just educating, but how do you talk to them? And you are the executive director of Climate Mama. I love that. On top of which, you're also a professor of global climate change policy and world sustainability and chair of the Climate Reality project in New York City. Well, I'd like to start with how did you even become involved in this? What is your background and why, um, why Climate Mama? Yeah, thanks. Well, such a big question, right? And we all, <laughs> right? Many lives that we've um, led, but I think in many ways, a, a lot of, uh, you know, where I come from is just informed and created, you know, who I am now and how I speak in this voice as climate mama. So um, originally I'm from Western Canada, Alberta, um, which is oil country. So that's a backdrop. Um, after um, my first uh, jobs were with uh, different provincial governments on policy, uh, after grad school, I moved um, shortly thereafter to New York City, where I worked for uh, at the United Nations for the International Monetary Fund. Uh, interesting time to be coming in as a young woman in, in front of this sign that had this big organization, IMF, in front of it. And I was uh, the person who would report on what happened at the UN to the IMF. So I was the assistant to the special representative at the IMF. And one of the first uh, areas over some years that I followed was on the uh, Earth Summit, which happened in 1992 at the UN, and we were involved in developing the preparatory documents for that. So that was about the first time the world came together on the climate crisis in a really direct way uh, and has informed a lot of the policy since then. So um, I had an early introduction to climate, but it didn't seem to impact me. I was, you know, I was at the UN, it was way uh, out there. We were fighting over ends, buts, and ors in these documents, which I've come to realize actually make a difference, but at the time it didn't seem so. Yes, and it does. That's where a lot of people wind up getting in trouble is those dotting of the I's, the ands, the buts, and so on. Right. And it sounds so little because most of these words are three-letter words, you know, and, but, the. Um, so what actually got you um, thinking about it more on a, you know, more for your focus? 
Right. Um, so yes, fast forward, I did a I watched the film An Inconvenient Truth, like many of us in this country that came out in 2006. And I heard about a training program that Al Gore was offering based on that film. And I guess his premise at the time was to, uh, he couldn't reach everywhere. He was going to have people go out into their communities. And I actually um, was fortunate to get selected in that um, one of those, the first groups. We went to Nashville. Um, all of a sudden, everything I was learning about the climate crisis related to me, to my children. I had two young kids at the time that were in um, grade school. And I came back and I had uh, left the big stage. I was uh, in a community just outside of New York City and thinking, how am I, what am I gonna do? How am I going to, you know, people don't get this. And I now all of a sudden, wow. Okay, so you said that you realized that it affected you and your children. What specifically? You know, when we think of climate change, we think of science, we think of, you know, uh, so many different things. But as just citizens, what actually grabbed you to say, wow, this is affecting me and my children? Right. And it is, right? When you think about it, as you said, it seems like this, you know, we can't get our arms around it. But all of a sudden I was presented with this um, scientific data about and information about it's happening in my neighborhood it's happening to my friends these extreme weather events that are getting more and more frequent uh, and changing where i live actually are climate change it's not just a freaky storm because then there's another freaky storm right it all of a sudden felt personal whereas before it had felt so far away all of a sudden i was connecting the dots and so i think doing that training helped me actually able to see that this wasn't happening six generations out. It wasn't happening somewhere, not only across the country, across the world, it actually was happening to me. It was happening to New York City. It was happening in Alberta, where I came from. It was happening all over. We were living actually a crisis. And, and I was meeting people and they had no clue. And it was like all of a sudden, aha, you know, when that light bulb goes off and you're like, okay, um, this is real. What am I gonna do about it? And, and so, and so you felt this, did you automatically um, think about what can be done? Did you uh, think that you needed to educate your children? Did they, you know, were you bringing them along as you were doing this, you know, and, and, and having that aha moment? Right. Um, yeah, it, it took me a few years. So I, I did that training in early 2007. And then in 2009, I launched Climate Mama because what I, I went, I was trying to look online, I was trying to talk to people, how could I be better informed as a parent, how to talk to my kids, how to show them I was taking action, and I couldn't find anything um, directly. There was lots of things about the climate crisis, but not directed at me as a parent. And so I uh, launched Climate Mama, we were the first focused uh, website blog and organization to talk to and about parents and having that conversation with our kids and also showcasing uh, other parents that were doing things around the climate crisis. So uh, it was it, it was 10 years last year when I decided it was also time to put it in the book form. And that's when I wrote um, the book that just came out this past spring. So give me some examples of um, what is the most um, the most important or the, the most major um, thing that you 
that you're doing that you then realized, you know, you have to um, show your children that you're doing this. What is the major, um, what is the major thing that you did? Yeah, so I, the, the, our motto for Climate Mama, it, it, and something that I've shared in the book and that I do personally, and it's things that probably you do that I think many of us were taught by our parents, is really straightforward, tell the truth, Actions speak louder than words, and don't be afraid. And when it comes to the climate crisis, I think however old our kids are, and I too, my kids are older as yours are now, it's amazing how fast time goes, right? But I tell them the truth, the reality of the situation that we're facing, and I think whether our kids are in preschool or they're growing up with kids of their own, uh, and we explain it in different ways, we are living a crisis. It's something we got to get really comfortable with in a very uncomfortable way because we're going to be with it for the rest of our lives. We have the power to make it less worse than it's going to be if we do nothing. And so I show through my actions. I think my kids see that at different times in their lives. Certainly when they were in grade school, they were happy to come with me to protest, to write letters, to visit our elected officials as they got to be teenagers. I think they were embarrassed by <laughs> Okay. We're put on this earth to embarrass our children. That's all right. And now, and now I see that they heard me um, because I see it in some of their actions and some of the ways that they speak of these things. So I think, you know, we only can do what we can do, but that. For so me, what are, what are some are. of the specific early actions that you took before you um, started Climate Mama? What are some of the specific actions early on that you decided to take that you were showing your children? I mean, what it, that's what I'm trying to get at. Okay, sure, I, I hear you, and I am going to respond directly to that and not get off on a tangent. That's okay, tangents are fine. Okay, um, so early on, uh, before I started Climate Mama, uh, I was trying to figure out where where is my community, where are places that I can have, um, some kind of action. And so in my children's elementary school, uh, I set up an environmental committee uh, uh, that looked at different things that we looked at. There wasn't a recycling program. There was a, not an anti-idling program, things like that. I went and spoke at, um, at, the principal was very open. So we did things. We built an outdoor classroom so that kids would have a place to come and learn about nature. And I worked on all of those things. I got involved um, in my, um, my, my temple, uh, I'm Jewish in my uh, community there. And club. <laughs> yeah, so I started a, I, I was got on the board. I started, uh, we called it the Tikkun uh, Olam Committee, the Taking Care of the World Committee. And so I did these things in wherever I could touch in my life and my kids saw that. Okay. And did you get them involved in you know, some of these activities that you were doing? Yes, absolutely, I did. Uh, they were uh, active and involved on different events that we did. Um, I have a picture I love of my daughter who's now 20, which I can't believe when she was, I think six with a sticker on her head that said no, uh, anti, no idling, um, because you know, that was a thing people would do uh, in the parking lot. So yes, yes they were involved early on. Okay. Um, so from that, as you said, you were looking to see what was out there, what resources for parents to be able to first 
educate themselves, but then how to talk to uh, their children. So you mentioned one of the first things is you have to be honest, you have to tell the truth. Um, when we're talking about climate change, what exactly do you mean? And I don't mean by truth, but what would you, what would be the first thing, first educational thing that a parent should talk to their child? Right. Well, I think that we as parents need to get comfortable with the material ourselves, right? It's anything that's complicated and, you know, so read my book, but absolutely do your own research on it. And there's a lot of information out there. Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be complicated too, but just look at the weight of the evidence that science is supporting and showing us about how, you know, climate the climate crisis is happening. It's happening now. Uh, it's being made worse because of us. And there are things we can do about it. So we need to accept that, come, come, get comfortable with that. And also, and I talk about it in the book, is it's really sad. It's terribly sad when we realize what we as a species have, have done to our planet. And the planet will be here, right? She's going to stay. She's been here for billions of years. So what we're doing to our species, to our kids, future and now that will make it more difficult for them. Um, so understanding that is, is sad. But then once we get beyond the sadness, then there are things that we can do and we can help our kids do. And the bad and the good is that it's such a big problem that there's no one thing and there's no linear path. Like if you just do this thing, I get asked all the time from my friends, just tell me three things because I'm so busy. I, I just need to know what I can do. But the, the, beauty of it in some way, the opportunity for our children is that whatever we're passionate about, if we can look at it from a lens of this is the climate crisis, we can use our art, our music, our writing, our um, whatever it is that we want to do to take action. So I think as parents, getting comfortable with all with that part of that information and then telling our kids we're learning we can't be an expert we're not the scientists right we're 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 learning we're trying to know more and some of our kids will come from different places right some know a lot some don't know anything so i think we have to just come to where meet them where they're at too okay so as adults we know that it's a climate crisis it is a crisis um but using that word with children especially young children um do you even suggest using that or turning it a different way and you know this is as we take care of ourselves we need to take care of the planet and this helps not only us but everyone else be respectful and and let's do our part those are all great suggestions exactly and and yes i agree with you sylvia if you're talking to a preschooler or a young elementary school student, uh, child, you're going to show them how you care for the planet by maybe reading them books. Uh, kids love animals, talking about animals. Maybe you're talking about that there are less elephants and giraffes and, you know, in, than there used to be in the wild. Or you're taking them on nature walks. You're digging in a garden. You're planting a garden. And all the time you're t showing them through your actions and about how you we should care for the planet. Maybe it's also, you know, about turning out the lights in the house because you want to be more energy efficient. Even little kids, you know, make a game out of that with your kids. So there are different ways without, you're right. Little kids should just feel 
protect it, right? They should know that we're working on these things. And I think showing them other kids, there's lots of kids of all ages that are outspoken on these things, even very young kids. And so that can empower our kids too, seeing if you don't have to be an adult, um, you don't have to be a voting age to take action. But uh, things like voting on for someone that supports the you know, action on climate, right. Uh, let's talk about that with our kids. So there are different ways, of course. Um, yes, thank you for making that distinction. Okay, so in today's environment, uh, we have so much unknown and unrest going on. Just mentioning the pandemic that we happen to be going through now, uh, the, the COVID virus that is hitting from all ends and upending and, and changing our, uh, our routines, our way of life that we have been uh, living for so long. How do you integrate that with getting them involved or getting them to know about climate change? Um, how, do you, uh, how do you approach that? Because there's so much that they are now being inundated with. Yeah, it's um, such a good question. And again, huge issues, right? Um, we're dealing with a global pandemic. We're dealing with racial uh, injustice and uh, protest across our country. And yet, those things are connected. Um, Climate crisis impacts us all, but it doesn't impact us all evenly, especially in our country. And being able to point out to our children, and again, depending on the age, etc., but in a similar way that the corona, uh, that COVID-19 uh, impacts people that are closer to sources of pollution, that are um, susceptible to asthma and things like that because of where they live, because they're li living in uh, poor communities that maybe don't have the same voice as some others, those, that's who cl the climate impacts are, are having a direct impact on. Um, so the issues of justice, and I touch on it in the book, and again, I, you can't, we need many books and to educate ourselves in a big way, but it's something I talk about uh, in the book, what zip code you're born into uh, impacts your future in many ways and impacts the climate impacts that you feel as well too. So those connections, from that perspective, they're learning and teaching opportunities for us with our kids of all ages to help them make those connections. And in a similar way, how we're coming together, you know, to deal with the COVID-19 crisis as a community. Um, those, uh, it, it's a global pandemic, but in each of our communities, we've come together in different ways to help one another, to protect those that are more vulnerable, our elders, our grandparents, et cetera. Those are good lessons, too. That's the whole thing. A lot of people are stuck on the fact that it has to be, um, it, it, it can't just be our community. It can't just be, you know, me doing it. It has to be everyone doing it. But in order for everyone to do it, you don't have to wait for big, big change. You can make a change just by doing little things and then showing people what you've done. And then that could just be contagious, which is not a word we want to use right now. But that feeling that that power can be contagious where you start with your own family, you move it on to your community and your, and your neighboring communities. 
and education, um, and we're not just talking leaving it up to teachers, education within the household, within the family, within the neighborhood, within the community, um, then that spreads. And as you said, with children, uh, as young as, uh, as you get them involved in, turning out the lights, taking out the garbage, recycling, uh, planting a garden, um, those are big steps in a huge global crisis. So what, um, if you had two or three, and I know this is something you said before, <clears throat> um, suggestions for parents, um, parents of, we could start with toddlers, as opposed to uh, youth or young adults. So we start with, with toddlers. How should they approach it? What, is, what are a couple of the things that they could do to start the education of their toddler? Yeah, I think, again, it, wherever you're coming from in terms of a connection to nature, whether that's um, planting, as we said, a garden or just pointing out flowers and trees or animals and reading books about those things um, for toddlers, for little kids, it's just showing them how we're protecting um, our bigger home and, and our personal home as well too. And you know, if you're moved, if you're that person that likes to go um, to be in crowds with people, when we can be in crowds, right? Um, you know, that where people are talking about the climate crisis, talking about our democracy, things like that, that toddler is not going to remember that they were in this. But when you, they see pictures of them in a stroller, that you took them there to be part of that, you know, that's how family memories and uh, are made. And so they know they were there with you um, because, and you cared about it. So all of those things, you're building moments and memories in your family that you'll remind them of. Um, so I think those are things we can do with very young kids. And it could start right there because actions speak larger than, you know, louder than words. And, you know, uh, especially children, they happen to mimic what we do. Sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's not. But they do mimic what we do as parents. Um, so I can see where you're going, you know, toddlers, if you start at a young age. But what if all of a sudden, you know, you have teenagers, youth, young adults, and you now, um, when I say you, I just mean in general, now realize that there is a crisis going on. Um, and you've just woken up to this realization. How do you go about now sitting your teenager down and, and saying that you've come to this realization. Um, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, in the way that you do on your show and having these conversations that actually our kids have opinions on these things, whether we think they do or they don't, through social media, through their friends, through what they're reading, they may not have discussed those with us. And um, I think that most, even, you know, the elementary school kids in some ways this this is something that whether they're learning it in school they're seeing it they're experiencing in their neighbor neighborhood extreme weather events they're seeing things happen that you know they're hearing about so i think we have to listen to our kids too um 
And some of them, maybe not, right? Maybe they haven't, but likely they have or have some kind of opinion about it. And so I think that starts there with that, you know, all these difficult um, problems that the world is facing, if we could just talk to each other um, and find out where we're coming from, and climate is absolutely one of those, I think that just shows our children that we care and we may be just entering it, right? So I talk about that in the book about, you know, we're all coming from different places. Some of us uh, are really well versed in it uh, and others are just, if the book is the first time they've opened this up as a subject. So that's fair to say that to our kids. I think that shows them we, we're listening and we're seeing what's happening in the larger world beyond maybe our family or maybe it is impacting our family and we wanna talk about that too. Well, that's, you know, that's a big thing. And that's one of the biggest things that's come out of this pandemic is, and everything else that's going on now, is communication, is we have to get rid of the fear of thinking that we're stepping on other people's toes. We have to get rid of the fear of thinking that maybe what we want to say isn't important. We have to get rid of the, the prejudice of, of not wanting to hear what somebody else does and also in realizing that um, our children uh, might actually know more about certain things than we do or might have a perception about things that we didn't realize they had. Uh, not just our children, but everyone else. So it starts, again, it starts at home. Like everything else, um, communication is key. Al Gore, um, the former vice president, has mentioned you as he's called you an, an outstanding climate reality leader who's demonstrated an exceptional commitment to her role as a climate uh, communicator and activist. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, do you do you see um, more education going out there? Do you see more people accepting the fact that they're is not just a crisis, but there's a window of opportunity. Still have that window of opportunity to make a difference. Yes. Um, do you see that actually catching on, and more and more people um, realizing this and accepting that there is a crisis, and yet there is time for us to still do something about it? Uh, I do, Sylvia. I think there are these, very, you know, extremes, right? We still have those people that deny the reality, but the overwhelming body of evidence from peer-reviewed data from science tells us it's real, it's happening, it's now. And then we have the other people on this other side that are the doomers, as I call them in the book. But And there are people that truly believe we've passed tipping points, we can't do anything, it's too far. From what my reading from science, from, and I, I've, had the opportunity to speak with climate scientists from all over the world, experts in their field. We have time. The door is shutting really quickly. We don't have a lot of time, but we have time. Uh, and you know, there's good news abounds in terms of you know how we respond to that. Uh, New Jersey just uh, became the first state in the country to say that climate education will be required in K through 12. That's going to be just implemented uh, in this coming fall. Uh, and it's not just in science classes, it's cross-curricular, it's in social studies, it's in art. So, and that's what it needs to be across everything. So 
education from a very young age, even though it, it's an emergency. We need every, you know, we, we don't need everybody, as you said, but we need um, people to understand truly what's happening and that there are things that we can do. And so I think that is a big message of what I'm trying to uh, share in the book is that um, we hope in a vacuum doesn't work, but active hope as we build it, whether it's educating our kids formally or informally, showing them through our actions. And again, knowing the reality of what's happening doesn't formulate the policy. So we also need leaders in business, in government, that actually not only say, okay, I get it, but they actually have to have a plan. So our um, democracy voting on these things is, is, and who we use our purchasing power of our purse, you know, what companies we support, et cetera. Everybody needs those organizations, those individuals that want our vote should have a plan. It shouldn't be partisan. And unfortunately it's become political and it shouldn't be. And that is, gives me great sadness, but we need to get beyond that because it is something we all need to be working on. Well, I think we have so many people like you working on this that hopefully again with education, people will understand what is being talked about and the fact that we're not doomed. We do have time. There is time. Whether it's a long window or a short window, it doesn't matter. Uh, you have to take the bull by the horns and, and say, okay, I'm going to do my part. And one of the ways of doing that is, if you can, uh, if you're of age appropriate, which is 18 or over, you go out and you vote which is exceedingly important. It's a right we have. Uh, so tell me, where can people find out more information? Uh, what is the website? Thanks, Sylvia. Yes, the website is climatemama, M-A-M-A, -A, one word, dot com. And you'll find more information, uh, information about what climate's about, uh, information about my book. And I think that's a good place to start. Well, I think your book, um, How to Talk to Your Kids About Climate Change, is exceedingly informative. Also, um, you have a lot of information on your blogs that you have on your website. Uh, Harriet, thank you so much for being here today and talking about such an important uh, topic. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you for letting me speak to your audience and to uh, have this discussion with me. I so appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, please share it with another person you think would be interested. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. Join me next week when I talk to another extraordinary, inspiring woman. This has been a Life of Prey production.